0: Alright, people, let's do this one last time. You know who I am. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. 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 I'm Spider-Man. And I'm not the only one.
1: Welcome back to a Geek Explained extra series that we're calling Spidey Sember. And ladies and gentlemen, we are here. We are here with all of our amazing friends, the Webheads. Every single amazing, spectacular, sensational minute has been leading up to this. We are checking out Spider-Man: No Way Home. It has been a journey we've been on quite the journey throughout the spider-verse and now we are here uh as we are recording this um no way home is in theaters it is in theaters worldwide it has been doing buco buco numbers which we will get (laughs) into stay tuned for that but uh this film directed by john watts and written by chris mckenna and eric summers is the finale of the tom holland spider-man mcu trilogy and i am of course joined by good brother spectacular chris carter We're bringing it home, baby. We're bringing it home. And unfortunately, AJ Kincaid will not be joining us this time around. He is indisposed at the moment, but we will be reconvening with him to rank and give our final thoughts on the entire Spider-Man journey in a future episode. But right now we're talking Spider-Man, no way home. Chris and I saw the film, uh, opening night. Um, and what an experience it was yes uh yeah. chris yeah. <laughs> g- give me your give me your uh your your experience of seeing it for the first time
0: i mean it was cool and i know that we're trending.
1: we, we got to raise the spoiler flag right so spoiler flag is officially spoiler up. flag is up if you have not seen the film be aware that we will be talking heavy spoilers in this film yeah. so just be aware of that um yeah there's, uh, yeah, there's a lot. You almost can't review this film without talking spoilers. I, I,
0: exactly. 100%. And I know some of the reviews came out probably the week before it actually was released. And, you know, they, they had very veiled
1: reviews saying, without saying yeah.
0: too much, you know, this is what we can say about it. And it, and was it was pretty, pretty a, much all
1: the same review, yeah, just it's, published it's by boiler, different people.
0: Boilerplate stuff, right? You could, you've, it was almost like a press release. Hey, it's the darkest one we've seen so far. Yep. And, you know, the transformation at the end and this, that, and the other. So, so yeah. Um, I really, enjoy, I mean, for me, this is the first time I had been back in the theater, and probably over two years since before the pandemic started. Wow. I couldn't even tell you the last movie I saw in the theater.
1: I know you guys went to go see uh, Shang Chi. Uh, yeah, Shang-Chi the- went and saw Shang Chi. Right? Um, it was quite a for for me going to see Shang Chi in the theater was just just like Chris, you know, seeing a th- uh, a film in the theater for the first time in a while. The last film I saw was Birds of Prey back in like oh my God, January really? or February of 2020 so it had been oh. quite a while and so what <laughs> how is how was that experience for you coming back to the theater
0: you know it was good man like honestly I felt like everybody was respectful I you know and and you always worry about that too right you always worry about going into a big film if people are going to be loud and obnoxious and yeah. you know I was once young if you can believe that and I was once loud and obnoxious during, <laughs> once upon
1: you know, a time I
0: know and on a blue moon but you know, you always worry about that because you don't want yeah. the experience to be ruined. Um, and of course, in the time of, of what we're going through right now, you know, yeah. our, you know so but I I, I know I, it was great. Like I was telling everybody, man, when we went um, people there were really no coffee and people wore their masks. I felt comfortable. And that's the biggest yeah. thing. About, I would go and I told Jessica, I would I, if more experiences were like this, I would go back. And I don't know why. I mean, Eric, to be honest with you, I have no idea why it was that good. I mean, we went on Thursday at 630 at night. Yeah. Like it, 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 it should it have been was, a shit show. Absolutely right. Like, there's no excuse that it was. I was sitting next to a family uh, and their young child, and I'm like, but it was great, yeah. man. And maybe that was the stars aligned because, like you mentioned, you alluded to the uh, the numbers, but it's wild. So, did I mean, how did yeah, it's, you feel about well, it? Like, it's, it's mean- kind of
1: crazy because, like. You know, we um, we saw it with our our good brother. Shout out to John. We John. talked about him before uh, the the human personification of the MCU, Peter Parker, John Noble. Um, it was kind of coming full circle, seeing uh, seeing Tom <laughs> Holland's Spider Man for the first time at Civil War, and then coming back around to this. Um, yeah. wow that's true yeah it was it was kind of an adventure because uh we saw it out in la here we went to see it at the uh, santa anita mall in alhambra and uh or arcadia and yeah. um traffic fucking sucks y'all i'm just gonna <laughs> tell you that right now we had a 620 showing and we got on the road at 545, thinking, yeah, it's gonna take us like fifteen minutes to get there. We're gonna get there at six, <laughs> and then you know, we'll have twenty minutes to just kind of shoot the shit before we go in there. We get on the highway and mapping it out, because I thought I've been to this place before a dozen times, we mapping it out, we weren't gonna get there till six thirty. And I'm like, How? We're gonna spend fucking forty five minutes on the highway coming to this place so i'm panicking i'm freaking out about this i got john in the passenger seat uh chris is already there because he knew better and he's like no i'm gonna i'm gonna get there early i'm gonna make sure and uh so i maneuver my way i kids i'm just gonna say this kids do not drive the way i drove on that (laughs) don't ever do that Um, But I was determined so we roll up to the uh, to the theater at 620 and it's at a mall So it's packed. There's like there's obviously there's spider-man. There's Mm -hmm. Christmas holiday season. Yeah, yeah, and um, We roll up and I'm like, you know what? There's no parking parking lot's packed I'm just gonna go the valet. So we're gonna go up to the valet. We drove up to the valet We get there and the guy's like no, sorry valet's closed and I'm like, but there are all those like empty spaces that are marked valet and he's like just just go park there it's fine and i'm like okay cool say no more <laughs> so we drove up to these valet spots parked there and ran across this parking lot All the way up to the theater. I will never forget this experience for the rest of my (laughs) life. Running to the theater to see Spider-Man. Ran up this gigantic escalator that goes into the theater. We ran up that escalator to make it in there. Got in, sat down, packed theater, and we got there just in time so and then was, john goes
0: and gets food and john, john goes and gets
1: food john... <laughs> and so we're like okay we got a couple trailers and he's like i'm gonna go grab i'm gonna go grab something i'm gonna go grab food and he's like text me if it starts because i will leave the line and i'm like okay cool so he goes i don't know how because when we got into the theater the uh, the line for concessions was long long yeah, as hell I believe i'm that. like he's not gonna make it back and then right as the little you know whatever the nicole kidman like we gotta have like theater um thing is kicking on to say hey trailer's wrapping up movie's starting john comes walking back in with that spider-like agility he made it through that (laughs) that concession stand and uh man it was it was an experience like i you know Chris is absolutely right. There weren't like a lot of like really disrespectful people. There was one knucklehead sitting next to Chris making a lot of noise, uh, Uh, wearing a Spider-Man T-shirt, yeah, you know, just being overall obnoxious. Yeah, it's weird. He sounds (laughs) strangely like familiar. Um, (laughs) But no, I thought it was great. Everyone was hooping and hollering at the right points, but it wasn't like. It wasn't like a sporting event or it wasn't like anything that was like obnoxious. Right. So it was a great time, honestly, just a really, really great time. And it's one of those experiences that I'm going to remember for a very, very long time.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: this movie, man, yeah. This movie is uh, something else. Let me just, because I've been doing it every episode, I want to do a quick like production yeah, thing. Yeah,
0: I love it. I love it. Because right.
1: yeah. uh, coming out of Far From Home, we knew that there was one more Spider-Man film on the Sony Marvel deal. And initially, uh, Chris McKenna and Eric Summers, who are the writers of the film, uh, and John Watts as well, have talked about how this was originally pitched as a Craven the Hunter film. Like now that Peter's identity was out there, Craven the Hunter was going to be trying to hunt him down. Which I don't know if you know this. Craven the Hunter is my favorite Spider-Man villain, so I'm a <laughs> little pissed. But whatever. Um, but just as like things were starting to kick in a high gear, August 2019, the Marvel-Sony deal falls through. Uh, initially, the the deal that they'd come up with to get Spider-Man in the MCU was that Marvel and Kevin Feige would produce the film. That Sony would distribute and whatnot, and they would receive 5% of the revenue. Pretty, you know, you get good money, especially if they make, you know, good films and like the audience uh, is responding to it well. However, with the growing uh, pressure of the post-Infinity Saga, like Marvel, uh, Kevin Feige having to map out a whole new plan for Marvel going forward, Marvel and Disney, specifically Disney, said, Feige's got a lot on his plate. Kev, Kev's got a lot on his plate. And, uh, <laughs> we want a little bit more. So now we want 25 to 50% of the uh of the gross revenue for the future films and Sony was like no (laughs) we're not doing that and so in August 2019 talks fell through the deal is off this hits the airwaves people are freaking out there's panic in the streets dogs and cats are marrying each other like it is a (laughs) whole it's like the end times and As the story goes, Tom Holland himself went to meet in person in the middle of, or I mean, prior to a pandemic, uh, with Bob Iger, who's Disney CEO, and Tim, former CEO, but at the time, Disney CEO. I'm sorry, at the time, yeah. And uh, Tom Rothman, who is the head of Sony Pictures, to make something happen. He pitched it he laid his heart on the line to tell them how much this meant to him how much this meant to fans and ultimately in september of 2019 one month later marvel and sony struck up a new deal where disney would co-finance the films would co-finance 25 percent of the future films that being this and any potential films that they would make after this for 25 percent of the revenue so you put in 25 you get 25 which makes sense everybody's happy and now there would be a new collaboration between the mcu and what sony was calling the ssu the sony spider-man universe where Characters and um, stories of the films that were in the Sony Spider-Man universe, like Venom, the upcoming Morbius, would have the room to cross over with stuff in the MCU. We've seen this with um, Michael Keaton popping up in Morbius, or at least in the trailers. Uh, so this is... A lot. There's a lot that went into this. And even on top of that, the film that they had come up with by the time that this really uh, got kicked into high gear had to go under heavy rewrites due to a little thing that's called COVID 19. Mm-hmm. Um, initially, this film was supposed to come out before or after Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness was supposed to be the next release after Eternals. And Spider-Man would be coming out I believe like six months to a year after that and because everything got shifted around everything got moved heavy rewrites were needed and due to this as well as the you know the uh, enhanced production schedule the stuff that would be revealed in the film there was huge importance put onto the secrecy of what was what this film is going to be about we didn't find out the title of this until like two or three months ago of yeah. this film
0: yeah
1: and it's wild well which... the trailer
0: remember the trailer they they hid the trailer people were at one point they said they weren't going
1: to release a trailer for it yeah Do you remember this which honestly i would have been cool with like yeah because because you what? don't need trailers to get people in to see a spider-man movie at this sure. point especially with all the rumors and speculation that would be going on um the hype was at an all-time high Mm -hmm. And this film was being touted as basically like the finale for Tom Holland's time as Spider-Man. They said in multiple interviews, we're treating this as the end of a franchise. Before we get into the nitty gritty of the film, Chris, how do you feel about this as a conclusion of a franchise for that initial Tom Holland trilogy? I think, uh, first of all, I love how it takes him
0: through through high school. I think yeah. we can. I think without spoiling anything, I, I think you basically pick him up when he. I believe he's. I don't know if he's. A, well, this year he graduates. Obviously, we, yeah, that's Senior. not a big secret. We know, yeah. So, um, I think this may be the the chapter that closes from that maybe young innocence that you and i and, and andrew have talked about in kind of the stuff that maybe we check out and more or less is the high school stuff the really really young stuff for the kids yeah. and maybe this kind of takes them into like um maybe you know a little more college like we had suggested a yeah. little more adultish years so as far as wrapping the, the trilogy up i think that's a natural end point especially the way with the way it ends and what like i said we'll get into that right um also, he becomes more blue collar. He's more on his own. He's again. It's it's kind of really like coming into a, a an adulthood. So, yeah, I think yeah, and I do think that we. I don't think that we'll see if we didn't see a Spider Man film for like maybe a year and a half, two years, and we pick it up in that time span of where he would be. I think that would be great. But totally you know, agree. I, I think you know. I think it's fine the way it is. I, I'm not. I'm not begging for another Spider Man movie in, in next year. I think it ends on a very good note. Um. Which also kind of leads me to think that I know Feige and, uh, and Amy Pascal, I think have gone on to say that they're act- they're actively talking about another Spider-Man, but right. at the same time, Tom Holland, and if he had joked or actually said seriously that if he was playing Spider-Man until he was 30, he would have done something wrong. And then Zendaya now has come out and said that he played until he was 34. So there's a lot of misinformation going out. Right. Well, everything kind of settles with what's happening now. I mean, it's only been out for four days. I think that, um, You know, Tom Holland is a young uh, actor who's kind of got to stretch a little bit. And I think for him, I think if he were to say, "Yeah, this is my last one for a while," I mean, I think it's great. I think it's a—you could watch these three and you would be just fine. I think, of course, you'd have to have some of the stuff from Doctor Strange, maybe, but right, of course. But yeah, you know, um, yeah, I I feel like it's a good—I feel like it's a good endpoint. I really do. I feel like it's a really solid endpoint. Um, yeah a couple different totally agree i mean would you be upset do you want to see another Spider-Man movie like in the next maybe year and a half or something like that
1: if i had if you had asked me that question before we saw this film yeah i would have said you know honestly you know the way that it's been going you know i don't know if we necessarily need it you know especially with all of like the sony and marvel you know drama but Mm -hmm. honestly like when the credits roll on this film is the most excited i've been to see another tom holland spider-man film really genuinely like when the credits roll the movie's over i was filled with an amount of hype around another chapter for tom holland that i haven't felt in a very long time you're talking about the uncharted film coming out in february right I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> we were they, fortunate enough to be sitting
0: next to each other. at this uh, movie When they rolled the trailer for that, they rolled
1: a trailer for a uh, movie that isn't coming out. That is a fake movie trailer that someone <laughs> made and played in our specific right. showroom to fuck with me. Um, no, I honestly, like, I don't think I need a spider film like next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, uh, Amy Pascal and Kevin Feige have talked about like we're actively looking at Spider-Man Four. Pascal has even gone on to say, yeah, we got a whole nother trilogy in the works. And yeah. Kevin Feige and Tom Holland were both like, whoa, we don't know anything about <laughs> Let's that. The um, yeah. Yeah. But I do think that there is a certain amount that of, you know, the reluctance from Tom Holland that you have to take into account, because if he doesn't want to do it, you've got no leg to stand on. Yeah. Right um, but I think if, you know, you give him a little bit of time, like you take a couple years and you, like Chris said, you know, we check back in. He's like, you know, 21, 22, college age. Like, I'd be down. Yeah. Especially with how the film leaves off, how the film sure. leaves Tom, Tom Holland's Spider-Man. And we'll get into it. Um, I think I I've... I haven't been this excited to see Tom Holland play Spider-Man in a very long time. Um, But the thing about this film that I think a lot of people uh, rightfully so were hyped about going into it was the idea of the returning actors. Mm. We had a lot of returning forces coming into this film from previous Spider-Man movies. And ultimately a lot of the promotional material, which I was really excited about was focused on the villains yeah. Specifically yeah. we got an almost sinister six. We have a fearsome <laughs> five here. Um and I just want to run them down real quick. So uh we'll we'll go down the line and I wanna know what you thought of each one of them as we yeah. go along here. Uh first the standout, the first one that was revealed, obviously Alfred Molina's Doc Ock. um bringing him back they did a little bit of de-aging on him it looked like yeah um and he just he hadn't missed a step man he hadn't missed a step alfred molina's dr Otto octavius was a revelation and it reminded me just how good he was
0: yeah it's fun and scary at the same time. Yeah. The way you play. And that first scene isn't is in all the trailers, which is kind of hard, right? Because you know this is happening, you know it's gonna come. You've seen it before, but how do they make it unique? How do they make it more interesting? And I think that from what happens what after what you've seen in the trailers, I think makes it really incredible. Because Alfred Moore is actually a really good actor. I mean, yes, for people that don't is. know, yeah, if you just know Spider-Man, yeah, he's he's a very accomplished actor. So, um, to see him come in, and he, I would argue, outside him and uh, William Dafoe, they have the probably the two biggest arcs as the as the kind of the legacy mm-hmm. villains, I would say. And and Octavius is uh, as his story progresses, is the most fun and the most redeeming, I would say, as yeah. we go. Um, he was wonderful. And you are absolutely he didn't he didn't miss a step. He was he was cagey and he was upset. And you know, I I actually forgot. Um, and I, we had just seen Spider-Man too, maybe a couple weeks ago, where uh that the the tentacles were controlling him. That's why he was so mad and they discover that. And yeah, it's it's great because and I don't want to take away from when I know we'll get into it from Goblin. Um he helps Pete, or they discover that together, and there's this really cool bonding moment um, between the two as they do that. But I thought I Otto, I, I think Octavius, and it was. Here's the other thing too. It was great because this was his tentacles were CGI, and you and I have spoken in length about practicality and CGI, and 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 you know I think that it didn't detract from the story these being completely CGI. In fact, it, in my opinion, it really enhanced it. I think mm. that. Some of the, he was able to, and I'm talking about Octavius. He was able to move more fluidly. I, I felt this way when he, when him and, and, and Pete were on the bridge. And, um, and I love when he says, you're not Peter Parker. I, I yeah. thought that was so cool. I thought that was really, really cool. What did you think of what, okay. So, so let me throw it back to you. So, so you want to go down the line. Do you want to talk about Sandman? Because- let's
1: talk about Sandman. Let's uh, sure. Let, let's talk about some Sandman, some Thomas Hayden church. Yeah. Um, initially. When they brought him back i was like that's not thomas hayden church they got a really (laughs) great sound of like they brought in ross marquand again
0: yeah um, right (laughs)
1: because he's the man of a thousand voices and he he's gonna play this guy because we see him only in sand form and i was like there's no way even john sitting next to me like was like why aren't we seeing like the actor and i was like because they because they couldn't get him back there's no way yeah like that's that's the only reason that makes sense um i kind of loved seeing him though because he pops up right and he's immediately because the thing about it and the thing that i was worried about bringing these villains back was like oh so we're just going to throw away the arcs that these characters had in these previous films like bringing back alfred molina he already got his redemption at the end of spider-man 2 i will not die a monster and seeing him as a villain again obviously fun obviously can't be as hell obviously Mm -hmm. alfred moline is having a great time but like it kind of diminishes it but then you know you find out oh he was pulled from before that that uh that turn that uh that face turn that redemption okay so we're pulling people from different spots i loved that they didn't fuck with sandman's arc because by the end of spider-man 3 he's like look like I'm just I'm not. He said it before. I'm not a bad guy. I just had bad luck. Uh, Pete forgives him. He goes off to be with his daughter. And so when he pops up, he's like, hey, look, it's me. Hey, uh, Flint Marco. Like, I don't know how I got here. I don't know what this guy is. Let's solve this so I can get back to my daughter. My daughter. And I loved that shit. And I thought his characterization throughout the entire film, he got a lot more personality than he had in the or at least he got to have a little bit more fun than he sure. did in Spider-Man 3. And then when they I guess we've already talked about spoilers, when they cure him at the end, holy shit, it's Thomas, yeah, Hayden, Thomas Church. Hayden Church. I was yeah. like, I'm fucking wrong. And yeah. I thought I thought he was great. I thought he had a he had a lot of presence. He was fun. Um uh, really quippy. And I just I I thought he had a I I really dug Sandman at this.
0: Interesting. I he was part of the one, and I cared least about it, and that's not a knock against you know. It just there were more interesting, there were more interesting places to put my attention. Um, but I will say I agree with you. His through line was identical; like it felt consistent with you know they didn't change his story, which is hard, right? Because how are they going to do that? And 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 you know, in addition to that, they've got five other what villains? Yeah, you know we we have to make screen time and give these these. I mean in every ride, these guys were the main counterparts to a spider-man in a in a film like you know there's a lot to say yeah i mean let's jamie fox i mean jamie fox is i mean we'll talk to him in a little bit but but you know i mean at the same time yeah i'll be in this movie for 20 minutes you know what i mean and like and for me he 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 was he is still a a scene sorry um but sandman for me I liked how they made him, uh, I liked the effects they used for him. I yeah. really did. I, I went back and I looked at uh, Spider-Man 3 and we talked about this. And I thought they were good then, but they're great now. Especially when he kind of creates that sand tornado to yeah. kind of bring down Electro. And that's how we we meet them both at the same time. Electro and Sandman. Which was cool. Yeah, and it's funny we talk about that. And we'll, we'll talk about how he turned his suit inside out. Which I thought it was a whole nice suit, but John caught it. I think yeah. John's a dude turned inside out. Um, Sandman was fun. I think that he was probably the most middle ground of them he's like yeah i'll help you but like you're gonna put us behind these you know barriers why would you do that like you could see him figuring things out like what's what, what's really happening here Like yeah. i gotta get back to my kids so
1: he had agency i'm not gonna which leave. was great
0: thank you yeah absolutely there was definitely motivation behind it and you know he wasn't fully bad or fully good but he, like you said he just i don't know i mean he's he's, he's just had bad luck and i i you know i enjoyed it i didn't enjoy it as the other ones and you have to admit like when it comes to the other villains i mean at least for me sandman was like oh okay he's not bad but at the same time he he's for me wasn't jamie foxholm defoe and he wasn't you know
1: well uh, you know he and he wasn't risa Fons as the lizard man so let's get your <laughs> thoughts on the lizard your favorite villain in the entire spider-man franchise
0: right for like all of two seconds i mean honestly the 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 lizard was fun but he was fun because of the interactions that he had with the other i think they had called him is that a dinosaur yeah like and and he's like dinosaurs can talk like i thought that was really cool and i think my favorite part with with that with that character was when they were like i don't know what, what is it eric what, what what's do you know it's like a sanctum like what that is like this yeah the, jail it's the cell. basement
1: of the sanctum sanctorum
0: okay which is basically these these the, you know they're putting them in these cells and they're just kind of locked up through these invisible force fields so they all can see each other and then i think doc ock says that that's who that is i believe you correct me if i'm wrong and he he in i thought that was just so cool how they introduced the other dimensions through these bridges of people um i thought that was really cool and that was before you know a spoiler at this point everybody knows that we get the other Spider-Man. so the villains knew each other
1: yeah and i well and and it was it was cool because like having them picked off from like different points in time yeah yeah. and like sandman's just like yeah fucking norman osborne like you died a couple years later dr octavius you died and everyone's like what the fuck what yeah and even like, even uh, Jamie Fox Electro, he was like, "Yeah, dude, you try to turn an entire city into lizards, like, yeah. <laughs> like that was fucking weird." And like, just yeah. having the interaction, the interplay between all the villains was really cool, and it make yeah. it makes you realize how how big a missed opportunity it is that we haven't gotten this before. Because is this is one of the reasons why the Sinister, Sinister Six was made in the comics? Because all of these ridiculously wacky villains work so well together because they're so different, and they all look at each other and they're like, "You're a fucking loser, dude." Yeah, <laughs> and everyone's like, "Well, you're a fucking lizard. What are you talking about?" Like, it's it's great, man. And I and I thought. I, I kind of had the same thought with uh with uh Reese Fons as the Lizard. I was like they get it, they couldn't get him back either. Ross Marquand, they brought him back in again. Yeah, right. They were like, "Hey, I know you he just did the same day. Can you do can you do Lizard yeah. as well?" Stick around, we'll do one more for you. <laughs> <laughs> but then they actually like the him and it is him. Yeah, you can't. Like yeah, you just him. so cool. Just so yeah. cool. I love that shit.
0: Yeah. Um, it was really cool too. And I know we're going to talk about Goblin here coming up pretty soon, but it was really cool how how Octavia says, because Norman Osborn's dead, he's a ghost. Like how yeah. do you do that? Like, and what it really is, and you mentioned the rewrites, it's really smart, like how they did that because a lot of ta- time travel is such it's, it's such a tricky thing and it's hard to write and you have to have, a, you know, yeah. a to make like, Oh, well, you know, we talked about it before and, and, and the problems they had an end game with it. And, you know, Absolutely. they really did it could chop here where they did it through dialogue. They did it through, through interactions. You know, this is that, that's impossible wow, because he's dead. He died here. It's like, Oh, well, but you see it, you know, I think that was really clever and it was really engaging. And I think that because we, as the audience are kind of, in Pete's shoes at that moment, how does they know that? He, we don't know that. He doesn't know that, so we get it from He's just kind of
1: rolling with it. Yeah, yeah,
0: and they do such a good job with it. I, I, I really enjoyed that. What did you think? And you knew that Goblin was coming back, right? Like you knew. Right. You, we but, all kind of heard the laugh and the ball. Oh, sorry, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. good.
1: Go well, on. we just we we. I don't want to skip over him because I I, I want to save Goblin for last. You mentioned him already. Oh, scene go. stealer Jamie Fox. Yeah, is Max Dillon Electro? I. Listeners, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm just gonna be straight with you for a second, okay? okay? So the amount of joy that I felt in the scene when Spider-Man is showing up to this, you know, electrical plant or whatever, and you see electroforming Dr. Manhattan style above this power line, and Pete goes to grab him and he blasts him, and you hear that sweet, sweet sound of EDM music. <laughs> from electro from the amazing spider-man 2 the joy that i felt <laughs> hearing that bam, dun, dun, i was like yes <laughs> give me the whole scene just edm music han zimmer pharrell <laughs> oh all of you you're right? back let's do this the um,
0: through line yeah one of my <laughs> genuinely
1: one of my favorite scenes in the entire film we'll get into like favorite favorite scenes as we go but yeah. like the spidey and sandman versus electro fight yeah so freaking cool yeah um, yeah and i thought that honestly like jamie fox really got to stretch and he got to play more with electro how did you feel about jamie fox
0: I loved it and there's a scene and we'll talk about it later with like you said w- with favorite scenes and towards the end when we have the the big battle um I thought he was and I, I'm a Jimmy Fox fan like honestly um Collateral is probably one of my favorite movies nice. and uh you Good know, ball. and so right and so w- seeing him kind of come in and and just kind of be and especially when he's in like the prison air quotes, you know, he's talking about, you know, I got pulled out right before this happened. And then I love the fact that they can joke about it. Yeah. I fell into the out of eels. Yeah. I fell. Yeah. And he's like, you guys should be f- careful where you fall. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think, you know, the, the, I found a super collider or whatever, you know, just be Sandman. But, but you know, I thought that was and he's he, I, there's a scene where he's at the table talking to Pete and he's wearing the the device. And he's like, this is yeah. taking all the electricity out of your, out of your, your body. And he, and, you know, he comes up with that moment. And he says, well, you know, we, at that point we're gods and, you know, you hear God saying, why would you want to give that away? You, you don't want to. And so he has that real moral conundrum. And so I think that, you know, he wrestles with that and we see yeah. it and we, you know, and so, and Jamie Foxx is so good with his eyes and his voice.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so
0: you could hear everything. And so when they brought him back and, then, and we knew he was going to come back to we saw him and yeah. we saw him. And he, he
1: let everyone know he was coming back long before oh, we he? were supposed I didn't know to. That, did oh, yeah. He he posted up on Instagram. Oh, God. Can't- like so happy can't wait to be back in the spider-man movie like before anybody was talking about these returning (laughs) villains and shit he was the first one to be like yep i'm in spider-man again
0: oh my god hashtag lightning bolt or emoji lightning bolt yeah what did you think about him
1: i i totally agree jamie fox stole almost every scene he was in um i also loved how just like with other characters they continued the arcs of these characters Mm -hmm. like the whole reason like he talks about you know it's like all this power it feels different i love that part he takes uh takes an arc reactor and he's like you know i was a nobody before this Mm -hmm. and like i got power and i don't want to give that up and it's like it's such an organic way to get him from point a to point b when it comes to okay cure me no I changed my mind. It makes total sense. And it makes sense in the context of the film that he featured in first as well. And I just, I thought that he was so, so good. Um, Just incredible in everything that he was in. Uh, But we've, we've held off for, for long enough um chris give me your uncut uncensored and unedited thoughts on willem defoe returning as the green goblin
0: well knowing what i knew and in the respect and i swear you,
1: andrew's listening or aj's listening somewhere he's like oh my god they're talking about when i have to
0: get on now to William Dafoe. <laughs> he's he's william's cha- or william's champion um i he was great in it and I, he has a couple scene stealing moments in both in both arenas like in the good the the left foot being the good and the right foot being the bad because you know and I love when he goes to see Aunt May and there's just so much to unpack and 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 not to get into the the nitty-gritty about it but as an actor and being able to portray both those emotions they visually really because I mean you you get it from his face right that's that it it kind of the camera kind of in, in William's face it just lives and so when he's pleading his case uh, to Aunt May, and then Aunt May calls Peter, and then he's like, "Hey, one of those," you know. There's that moment where it's like, "Yeah, to help him," you know. We help people, yeah. and then of course, you know, there's the very end, Um, you know, when when Peter says, "I, I don't want, I, I don't want to ruin. I'm not going to." take away from where we get to but he says you know i want to kill you myself and he says now you're talking it's very very yeah leather leather ledger joker it's like they're both let's get this crazy on you know i mean i like the vindictiveness of it and um he was great in it i'm gonna say that and i love how they they did change his costume a little bit it was a little less stiff it was more uh cloth and 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 i'm sure i don't know if that's a callback to something in in the comics or whatnot but but um he was and i i didn't expect to get that much from him but what we got was fucking awesome. It was yeah. so cool. And to see him and Pete working together, like to actually – and that's the point where I'm thinking maybe this is why Pete feels like I can't, I can't send them back to die because they're good people. I, you know. Uh, but yeah, I, how were your what, – knowing what you knew, Eric, what was your thought when you saw him and you see how it played out through the film?
1: So seeing it and seeing him again, I mean, we we talked about how incredible he was in the first Spider-Man film, you yeah. know, jumping between, you know, crazed Goblin Norman and like this, this weird like Jekyll and Hyde thing that I don't 100%. think a lot of people remember. At least I, I didn't really like put a lot of stock into remembering like the Jekyll and Hyde thing before I, you know, we, rewatched watched the film for this series, um, having that be a central part of his character of norman trying to fight out from under the goblins influence was really cool and it fed into that incredible spider sense reveal um that he had been the goblin the whole time and he was deceiving everyone like so freaking cool um but he was incredible Uh, I was surprised that they uh, that they changed up the costume as much as they did, because everyone else they kept pretty much intact, with the exception of like Electro, because it was an obvious upgrade. Uh, But they shatter the mask very early on in the film, the Power Rangers mask that he had uh, from the first Spidey film. And looking at it, you don't need it willem defoe has a goblin face so you don't need <laughs> a whole lot of like helmet or prosthetics yes. on there um yeah. they gave him goggles which was weird but i mean yeah whatever um but yeah the uh the initial goblin suit i think was a lot of cgi which looked bad uh yeah. to me personally uh when he's in the alleyway, and it's just like he's got the helmet off and it's like it was very clearly a cgi on costume yeah but the second costume where he is, he's got the armor on. He's got the tattered um, purple hoodie on yeah, for those off, of you yeah. who aren't aware um In the comics, Green Goblin's costume is ridiculous. Uh, (laughs) Green Face green arms uh, and then like a purple sleeveless deal, long purple gloves, a little purple link hat from Legend of Zelda. Like green and purple is a huge part of the color scheme for this character, which is why the initial uh, costume in the first Spider-Man film was a little disappointing for comic book fans, but the way that they w- wrapped around to getting to it in this film, I thought was inspired, and yeah. the and the costume looks so good. Looks it did. so good. Yeah, the green it was armor poking family. out from other under the the purple hoodie was fantastic.
0: Yeah, it, it was. It was really cool. I, I thought. I thought the, the it's funny they kind of made it more real you know if there's yeah you know more organic and that was one of my biggest problems with uh the goblins kind of costume initially it felt super stiff it looked it looked yeah i don't know man it it was it was bad so when they transitioned to this yeah and it felt a little bit like um Michael Keaton's uh, villain it, it felt a little vulture. bit like kind of vulture thank you a little bit like that but I was okay with that because that feels like it could still exist in this universe it was absolutely it ridiculous and
1: it was it was really um it was really carried by a lot of his performance like Willem Dafoe yeah. Did all of those stunts
0: that just came out like I read about that last night, too. Yeah, yeah, that was incredible. And we talked about it.
1: We talked about it in the Spider-Man one episode where he said he wanted to do all the stunts in that suit because if he didn't, it wouldn't feel right for an audience. Not being able to see the uh, the intricacies, the little quirks and habits of the of the character in the goblin armor, and he felt the same way about this. He's yeah. like, I don't care how old I am. I was in the lighthouse. I will fight <laughs> yeah. you on the moon. Like yeah. we are gonna 66. do this. He's, He's sixty six years, years old, and he was yeah. like, No, I'm gonna fight Tom Holland for real. <laughs> yeah, and for I real. I love that shit. I love yeah. that shit. He was incredible. Yeah. He was easily like the kind of the big bad of the film um and did some heinous shit a lot of heinous shit um but they weren't the only characters to return from these original spider-man films let's talk about it we got our spider-men back Mm -hmm. toby mcguire andrew garfield I died when I saw Andrew Garfield pop up for the first time. Chris can attest to this. Did you know that was was him? Could you tell it was from his suit? Okay, so here's the thing, right? So Ned's doing his thing. He's like, I want to see Peter. Portal opens up. We see a Spider-Man. And I'm like, okay, they found him. And then he turns. And you see those big-ass eyes on the those big-ass lenses on the mask. And I'm like, oh yeah
0: this is when eric lost
1: it (laughs) and he gets like chris can attest he's sitting right next to me like we see him slowly get closer and he steps through and you see that glorious amazing spider man 2 costume and i fucking lost it (laughs) i fucking lost it pulls off the mask it's andrew garfield i was losing my fucking mind um it was still good though like it was
0: so because i think everybody knew at some point they were going to I mean, you kind of knew, right? Even yeah. if you didn't know, you kind of knew. So the challenge would have been how are they organically gonna do that? Right. How did they how did they bring it bring these these characters in? Or uh, you know, the way they had Ned bring, you know, summon basically show me uh, Spider-Man and not just my Spider-Man, but this Spider-Man. Yeah. And then when he pops through, you knew right away. I didn't know right away. I mean, I knew it was one of the two, but I couldn't, I didn't know because of the mask.
1: Right. Um,
0: and then he, t- when when people, when he took it off, people flipped out. Like, flip the fuck out. Yeah. And Andrew Garfield, granted, he's, uh, he obviously looks a little bit older than, I mean, when Amazing Spider Man 2, but he was silly and goofy. And he's everything Dude. I remember <sighs> loving and him being in The Amazing Spider Man 1 and 2. I want. it was just so cool. And to see them, so we got it from, we got it from the bad guys. Now we get it from the guys. Like, you're not Spider Man. Oh, I am Spider Man. Like that interaction between, you know, um, mj and and ned it was just so yeah.
1: cool. You I, know? I love and, he's uh, just like get prove it prove your spider-man and so he <laughs> goes over and he sticks yeah. his hand to the ceiling yeah. and they're like no, no, no now you have to crawl the wall he's like no yeah i'm not doing that like how is this this isn't enough for you like andrew garfield has such an innate charisma in his yes. and for yeah. me he stole every scene that he was in
0: 100 um yeah.
1: getting him and Jamie Foxx back together. I love that. Having show. Like Max, Hey Max. man, I missed you. Like yeah. it just, was so
0: endearing and caring and like that's that. To, that's Spider-Man. Yeah. And that's why I think, and we'll talk about this because we inevitably have to talk about like when they dare, when the three of them and we'll get to, to, to Toby in a second um, are on camera. Yeah. It's basically a playing field where, okay, who do you like more at that yeah. point? Cause you there, you can actively compare them on a screen. So, <laughs> but you said it that was of my favorite scenes, max i miss you buddy how are you and then they ha- and at the very end when he's kind of er- you know air quotes being cured i i love the part uh when jamie fox i thought you'd be a black guy there. yeah <laughs> like i love he's just like some universe, you know you, somewhere, you,
1: you you were sticking up for so the little guys nice and queen yeah, you're yeah. fighting for the little guy i just figured you'd be black and yeah and andrew garfield's response is so perfect he's like i'm sorry man like (laughs) so freaking good right Uh, he had so many like little intricacies in this film i mean he talks about what i loved is that they again with some of the other characters that they brought back they furthered his story Mm -hmm. because he talks about post amazing spider-man 2 stuff where he's like yeah after gwen died like i kept going and i kept trying to like put on a face but then i got bitter i got angry i stopped pulling my punches and you can picture in in his universe following that film the grief got the better of him and he started doling out some hardcore vigilante justice and he lost his way for a while because he never got closure over the death of gwen stacy and i love that shit
0: and he does it so well he the actor andrew garfield um he plays silly goofy great and he plays serious serious yeah, great. You know, he has that moment. I think he's talking. I forget who he's talking to, but he says, "Do you have someone?" He's like, "No, I don't have anybody in that like time." And you know, and you know that he's he because he looks at MJ in this universe, and yeah. I think he makes the connection like, "Well, if she, if if I had saved Gwen, this could be my this is you where know we thing. Been. This could yeah. exactly." And I think that the and this all plays off of Andrew Garfield's kind of facial expression for the most part, and right you know, it, he's he's so good at that he's so in we'll get to the part and you called it got to give you props dude and i even said we <laughs> in the theater i'm like fucking eric what you said is going to happen like your half course short's going to happen and we'll bring it up later but how you know Andrew garfield got a big response from our camp
1: yeah but when absolutely toby toby steps through this portal
0: he gets the he is the one who, I, who if i recall right you know it might have been him who got the biggest the, the entire
1: gaps. theater the pop for toby mcguire yeah. was you could yeah, yeah. feel it. Yeah, could not just hear it. You could feel it. Yeah. Um, and Toby Maguire, I mean, aging Like, yeah, soy he's, milk. He's, um, he's... <laughs> takes, a well, longer, takes a little longer. Takes a little longer, pushing... but you can tell. That's true. Um, you know, but no, Ed, he didn't. He didn't skip a beat. It was no, like he walked they... off the set of of Spider Man Three right into this film.
0: Yeah. How did you feel?
1: Because we've talked before about how for. For me, you know, Amazing Spider Man came at a time when I needed like I needed a Spider Man. And right. that was Toby Maguire's Spider Man for you and how yeah. like you were I mean, you were a thirty year old man when the first <laughs> Spider Man came out. So <laughs>
0: he's fucking lying, but um, I'm like twenty one.
1: But uh but, but no, yeah. you you were yeah. you were at that point where yeah. toby Maguire was your spider-man how yeah. was it for you seeing him back especially after we went through all of these films like i've been telling people right. like if you're gonna watch no way home you should watch all of the other films first because it will sure. enrich your experience of this
0: yeah no, it, it was it was you know it was all right but again because that came out when i was younger that doesn't that doesn't put my allegiance to toby i always felt like you and i've said andrew garfield's kind of he's my favorite spider-man but seeing toby come out it was really cool and i liked what they did with him because outside of just being like a token of like hey we've got them all together they gave him some interesting bits to chomp on namely the one where he talks to garfield about you know life after spider-man or or, or if you can be close to someone in in this capacity when you're still doing what you're doing um and i i really like when they're talking when you know, there's three Spider-Man, and they're all, like, pseudo-geniuses, and they're all in the lab, and they're all cooking this up. And um, and Ned says, uh, Peter, and they all look. Yeah. They, you know, I'll like Peter Parker, and they all look. And it's like, and fast forward, it's like, you're one, you're two, and you're three. It's like, why am I one? What, who like, like, there's the interaction between them, I thought was my favorite. Tobey Maguire is great, but I think as a standalone, maybe not as great. But when you put the three of them together, it's like yeah. three cheese pizza. It was magic you can't go wrong. Yeah, it was exactly. magic.
1: Like seeing them interact with each other was fantastic. I mean, yes, getting Toby like that. You mentioned that conversation between Toby and Andrew about like he's like, do you have somebody on your on your earth? He's like, yeah, MJ, MJ for my earth. He's like, how's like how is that? He's like, it's complicated. But, you know yeah. we, we we make it work and he yeah. gives andrew or he gives uh peter three i guess because it's because tom holland's one toby's yeah. two and two andrew's and three. Uh, andrew's three and he basically gives him like gives him hope says look yeah. there's there is somebody there is hope for you you can make it work um but getting him this i this whole deal of like i am I am this older elder statesman Spider-Man and I am like, and he pops it. He doesn't pop in in costume. He walks in as no. Andrew Garfield describes a cool youth pastor guard. Oh my God. I loved it. You can think of the costume. It. <laughs> but like he uh, reveals like he's got the costume underneath. So he's yeah. obviously still doing it.
0: Right. He's but I also ready.
1: love that when they, they're all, you know, getting prepped at the, at the Statue of Liberty, um, he's like stretching and he's like, oh, my back. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, man. (laughs)
0: Like old man shit. Yeah, yeah, he's old man shit. And so
1: it was, it was just really cool to just, it was almost like if you got Chris, myself and John together, three (laughs) generations of Spider-Men. That's true. It was just, it was really cool like having Toby back. His... You kind of forget just how like understated his Spider Man is. Oh, yeah, compared to Tom and Andrew. And there's a certain charm with that. There's a certain charm with him being just kind of like the oh, yeah, just well, doesn't that fit
0: better as he's older? Like, you totally believe it, absolutely. Like, you're talking about the Into the Spider Verse, where like it's old man Spider Man, like, yeah, I'm kind of over it, whatever. It's like, nah, yeah, man, but but not to say he's not in it, but just. Like you said, you've got a, an older Spider-Man, a younger, and then a younger, younger Spider-Man, and I think that you know you can kind of look at different people throughout their lives and kind of identify with yeah. one of three these three people. So, yeah, I thought that was I thought that was cool. Although, I, again, I, I would say that it works best when the three of them are together. Absolutely um, agree. There, you know, there's and, a,
1: there's a scene, you know, when they're kind of all just like getting prepped before the big last battle, and they're just like. Yeah. You know, shooting the shit with each other. They're talking about like the organic webbing. They're like, oh, that comes out of you. Hilarious. And like, I'm like, give me 20 minutes of that conversation because it lasts for not long enough. Yeah. Um, And I'm sure at least half of it was improv. I have to believe that. But just having the three of them together was incredible. And seeing the different sides of them, I thought was really cool. Like, having toby's peter be more of an elder statesman and being able to give advice when he talks about after you know they all find tom's uh peter and he's like look like we all get it like i my uncle ben died like we should talk about that scene before you give too much away about it though right yeah, yeah okay
0: that's that cat that, that, that that's like the catalyzing into like the third the third act of the movie for sure which by the way was my that that is my favorite part of this movie okay because... we're,
1: we're gonna get into it then when we get okay, okay, our okay. favorite stuff all right. all right um but with all that being said and i th- i i also just a quick moment that i loved was when they finally like got on the same page at the statue of liberty and they're like slinging off of each other's like web lines like yeah. web swinging around iconic incredible well, um,
0: it's funny because you and John brought that up. I remember just kind of listening to you guys and 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 thinking, you're right, because you had said that Spider-Man's never been part outside of the yeah. Avengers. These other two, they've never been part of a team. They've always worked individually. So the first half of that big fight, they were clumsily just not doing well. Just and bumping they into each other. Why. Yeah. And then and then uh so Tom Holland, Spider Man, Spider Man one says, not to brag, but I'm part of the Avengers. And then They're the like, other two, are like, who's There's No way yeah is that a band like what it what is it yeah and, and then why not and then uh toby's like how is this helping us why is how is it relevant you know yeah. like this old man toby i'm like i yeah so but but yeah just that vamping and, and see the unsuccessfulness of three superstars who don't know how to play of a team then, and that then, feeds that into talking about
1: and that feeds into like because obviously huge heaps of praise for Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man. We're going to have yeah. it. A ton of people have been having it. Amazing Spider-Man three has been trending on Twitter for the last <laughs> two days. I love um, it. People want to see it. Just going to say, um, and obviously the nostalgia and all of the um, heaps of praise are going to be on Tobey Maguire. But in that scene that you're talking about with the three of them, just trying to figure out how to get on the same page, Tom Holland steps into his own. I sure when he's like, yeah, okay. You guys don't know how to be on a team. I know how to be on a team. I've been on a team before I have utility here. Like Toby has, Toby has the experience. Andrew has the smarts. Tom has the leadership ability. He has the ability to work on a team. So he's able to direct them. And I just want to spend a second talking about Tom Holland, Spider-Man. Okay. Because in lat in the last episode we were heavily critical of everything that he touched in that film uh far from home was a slog to get through we talked about it i you all know how much i hate being negative chris tells me i'm overly positive on everything (laughs) um tom holland carried the movie yeah in this in this outing and i want to give him some praise because you know, th- th- every single insult in the Sun, Iron Boy Jr., like baby Spider-Man, like all of that being put to the side for a second. This is Tom's Spider-Man film. This is his swan song for his initial trilogy. Um, no one's ever finished a Spider-Man franchise on purpose before. So like this was a huge deal for him. And he took Mm -hmm. this film on on his back and went through every single kind of emotion. We talked about characters going through arcs. Tom Spider-Man went through a hell of an arc Mm -hmm. in this film. Yeah. Um, Yeah. How did you feel about Tom's performance this time? No, it's it's good. I thought it was great.
0: I will will say that um, he had some, obviously, amazing scene partners. Uh, You, Eric, as an actor, know that having a good scene partner elevates your your performance. Happens to me every time. some, uh, Some of... The, some of my favorite parts in this film um, are, are really elevated because the, the acting that the other person does brings it out in Tom. And I would say that's mm-hmm. a compliment to both of them, right? Like, it, it's this it swings both ways. I'm sure Tom is like, hey, Zendaya, I need something for me here. And, and by the way, she was incredible. So I oh, Zendaya was
1: fantastic to, in this as well.
0: Yeah. And so, so, but I agree. And the emotional output that Tom Holland has in this film is, is wild. Like, I remember being upset when I watched uh, Infinity War and Endgame emotionally, and yeah. I and I felt that upset twice in this film, and yeah. you know, and that's because of Tom Holland's performance. And uh, yeah, again, I don't want to take it away it's for Miss Marisa Tomei and as well as Zendaya's performances as well, but we'll get to those later. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that he was he was, I mean, he was the leading man in this movie, and I think that's what. That's the numbers will reflect that, and you know we'll see if you know his 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 career kind of the the trajectory for his career right now is 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 atmospheric. Yeah, no one's gonna, you know, it's it's gonna go through the roof, but it'll be on him for that. But in this film, Eric, you are you are one percent right. Those three scenes with with the Spider Men, I mean, it worked because the audience is basically Tom Holland's. You know, he they're they're in his screen, and then I just think what he does with Marisa Tomei and Zendaya, and Ned too for lack of, you know you know yeah. the three of them Ned's and daya De- and 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 uh, and P- and Tom Holland they're great in this I think that's so they're, they're so fantastic but if you, you know Tom really is a catalyzing uh event that kind of brings them all together and that's why people will feel bad at, at the end I, I think and you know yeah did you cry did you cry
1: I teared up I teared up a couple How times. Many times did you tear up twice I would I times? would say twice. Me too. Okay. Um, I want to you know what
0: times I don't want to ask now though, because it might be in our, in our favorite ones, but I yeah,
1: wanna... I, I, I think it's definitely going to be in, in our favorite ones. Okay. Um, the
0: emotional weight was there and I absolutely,
1: that and you know I am, I, mean? I want to be completely honest and transparent with you guys. I did not like the first quarter of this film. Mm-hmm. I was, I was actually incredibly worried for the first, you know, let's say half hour because it felt like we were just we just had this big cliffhanger and far from home his identity's been outed to the world and then it felt wrapped up real quick and i was like and then we're just on like the whole conceit of what a huge cliffhanger this was we're just gonna breeze on past it and it's solved and it's done and we don't have to worry about it again like I didn't like that and I I'm also a huge proponent of secret identities I think superheroes are much more uh, engaging and exciting their stories are when you have to contend with a secret identity you have to keep that secret Um, so them just being like nope it's not gonna hold up in court blah 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 you're done now you live in this nice expensive apartment sharing it with happy Hogan I'm like ah fucking cool I guess I got real worried going into this and i was concerned because it felt like they were doing the same shit that far from home was doing and then things started to pick up and i was like okay this is interesting i'm into this this is okay okay i'm still i'm almost a little worried um even when the villains showed up, like even though I got my incredible EDM moment with, uh, Electro, I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know where this film is going to go. And then, uh, then a certain scene happens halfway through the film. Um, but a couple more performances I do want to highlight. You already mentioned Zendaya absolutely crushed it. Dude, yeah. Um, Marissa Tomei, Marissa Tomei, we have to give some credence to, yeah. um, she was incredible in this film and i thought she was used she was used the exact amount that i expected her to be um and she was incredible marissa tomei is a good actor folks yeah i
0: think she She had award. i think she has an award but yeah i just can continue because she's fucking wonderful
1: she's great in this film and like everybody has such good rapport with each other there's no there isn't there isn't a flat performance and i think that's
0: Oh, yeah. She's won an Academy Award for Best Actress. Oh, yeah. uh, Easily. Yeah. My Cousin Vinny. So, yeah. How
1: did I know it was My Cousin Vinny? (laughs) Um, Yeah. Marissa Tamei is great. There's not a single flat performance in this film, which you can't always say, especially about Marvel films. Um, J.K. Simmons, J. Jonah Jameson is back in full force um, with a little bit more of an edge to him. Mm-hmm. And he's had in the past, which I was surprised by, but I actually really enjoyed in the context of everything. Yeah. Um. And then I, you know, this will probably transition into favorite scenes. Um, I gave a lot of shit to Ned in the last film. I thought he was used very well here. I thought him being just kind of the third wheel to uh, Tom and Zendaya was a, that was funny used really yeah. well. Yeah. And then. Listeners, I've talked about before on the main podcast how I am a Filipino-American man. And the amount of joy, the amount of happiness, the amount of pride that I felt when uh, not only in a scene, Andrew Garfield returns, my Spider-Man pops up, but... Half of the scene is Ned's Lola speaking Tagalog, the language of my people. Um, I I can't explain. I'm, that was I'm, that I'm was an audible noise of yeah, yeah, you made. You, you I were, was you were
0: audibly smiling there too, so that was really cool, man. I
1: I couldn't contain it. It was like you know, you see, we're we're in a we're in a time when representation is really you know kind of at the forefront of everything and we're trying to get proper representation for everybody and having something as simple as a as a tagalog speaking lola in a very clearly filipino house um <laughs> in one of the big in probably the biggest movie of the year meant the world to me it was incredible yeah. it's absolutely one of my favorite scenes it's something i'm going to take with me it's something that all of my uh filipino twitter mutuals uh have been raving about rightfully so on twitter my dad me- messaged me about it just talking about how you know we're here we're here it's um, great it's great. It great absolutely loved it um but i guess yeah transitioning into uh some favorite scenes um do you want to, we, we talked already about, uh, the Spidey and Sam and Electro, um, any other scenes that stand out to you? Oh yeah.
0: A bunch of them. Like, <laughs> I think, um, I, I think we'll be on, we'll, we'll have a mutual agreement on a couple of them and we'll, we'll share talking about those, I think, but for sure, I, I really liked, um, and we, you know, we haven't touched either, Eric on uh Dr. Strange's inclusion in the film Yeah, I mean, everybody knew he was in it. And so, you know, um, it's funny because we find out that the sorcerer Supreme isn't Doctor. Strange. It's Wong. <laughs> I thought that Which was makes total hilarious. sense. Yeah, but wasn't it funny? We didn't know that. and when we figured it out, it was like, oh my God, you know that, that yeah, was, of course.
1: I, that we, was, the, the world can't be without a sorcerer Supreme for five years. Like,
0: yeah, I thought that was ugh. funny. And I love how there, there is a, uh, a jabbing that, and you can call me Stephen, no, call me sir. You know, you as yeah. as you know it <laughs> progresses, and it's it's a it's a very uh, uh Tony um uh Peter relationship for a, a little bit, and I thought that was kind of cool. Um I what my favorite scene, one of my favorite scenes, um, because it's important to talk about what we didn't like, we'll get to that in a little bit, but uh what I really enjoyed. Oh, let me go. Wow, I don't want to talk about the Aunt May one yet. I don't right. want to do that yet. Um I really enjoyed the last. I don't want to talk about the last one. Oh man, this is gonna be rough, Eric. This is I mean going the rough for me. the
1: Spidey Doctor Strange battle over the cube. Yeah, that was really well done. Yeah, um, you it's know, getting colitis, into
0: it's a little kaleidoscopic. Absolutely, and it's funny. It, John said the same thing. I remember John saying it too. Like there's there's that. But other than that, I like how Pete outsmarts him. Yeah, I, he figures he, it
1: out. Th- this is the thing where he's just like, OK, that's that's this. That's it. It's geometry. I can do yeah. geometry like Pete's a Smart kid may use science to outwit magic. And I yeah. thought that was really cool.
0: Well, he's got that lines, as you know, magic is cool, but you know, it's cooler math. math. And then it's like a mic drop moment, it's like, you know, and I then as that an
1: Asian American kid, I was like, there I am again, represented yeah. <laughs> the again. There I am. <laughs> I oh, want to but... come back
0: to my favorite scenes. I want you, I want I, you to go. Cause my, my two favorite are probably the two hardest ones to talk about before yeah. we go through everything else. So, so um,
1: some of my favorite scenes I want to talk about um, already mentioned Spidey and Sam Edwards, Electro fight was great. Pretty much just honestly, every Andrew Garfield scene, yeah. every scene that he's in, he absolutely steals for me. Um, I haven't listed here. The three Parkers, Uh, (laughs) whether it's like in the high school lab or like them on the Statue of Liberty, just chatting it up. Um, I thought it was great, I thought genuinely really, really good stuff. Um, and just again, like Andrew Garfield, like again, having that kind of flashpoint of Andrew Garfield, Filipino representation, Mm -hmm. like that scene was made for me specifically (laughs) that scene. when Kevin got into a
0: room, brought Amy and I don't talk. I don't,
1: I never (laughs) had that dinner with them. I'm letting everyone know legally. I have to tell you, I never had that dinner with Kevin, with Kevin Feige and Amy Pascal. Never had that with uh, Kevin Feige. I never had that conversation to make this (laughs) for me specifically, but no, I genuinely love that film. Or love that scene. Um, and but there's three there's three scenes that I absolutely adore. And I think at least two of them we're going to cross paths with. OK, um, so I'll I'll talk about one of them right now. Um, okay. The apartment fight.
0: OK, yeah. The reveal
1: yeah. of Norman Osborne being just straight up the goblin was wonderful I love the use of the Spidey sense to suss that out. I thought that was really cool. And then the brutality of this fight between Spider-Man and Green Goblin in this hallway was incredible. There's a moment when Peter's got him like in an MMA hold and he is just raining blows down. He's got his legs wrapped around uh, Goblin's shoulders and he's just raining fists down on Goblin and Willem Dafoe looks up at him and just goes, "Ha!" (laughs) ha ha like oh my god and he fucking power bombs him through the floor um tom was pulling off spider-man ps4 combo finishers like (laughs) just a brutal brutal fight yeah um that really like got to the heart of like because we talked about um we talked about in the first uh in the first film just how good that final fight between Spider-Man and Goblin is mm-hmm. like just cuz it's so brutal and it really fed into like Sam Raimi's um uh, sensitivities as a filmmaker and what sure. you know he likes to do this felt like a you know a modernized version of that of a knockdown drag out brawl yeah. not just yeah in this apartment building through this apartment building yeah. floor by floor
0: it felt very much like um the scene in uh civil war when yes you got cap in 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 uh in and i think crossbones is stealing the um the, some fluid, I think, and he's pushing people through there. And even then when we have Sebastian Stan fighting Cap later on too, kind of going through a wall, to me, it had that type of viscerality to it. And also the callback to, and I wonder if it was – you know, that, that move you're talking about where Pete's on uh, Goblin's shoulders, that's straight up a Black Widow move. Like, for Absolutely it is. Real. Like, yeah. And so, you know, we've seen that. And that's why that specific scene reminds me a lot of uh, some of the Russo's directions in the franchise, in the MCU franchise. You get, it's got that fight visceralness to it, which I thought was great. I think that was, that really made me understand the level of brutality that Goblin had. Because yeah. I don't really, I don't think we really saw that. Like going back to Spider-Man, I mean, we're, over 15 years now going back to remember this character. A lot's happened since then. We've seen a lot. We've been introduced to a lot of different fights in the superhero kind of arena. So for 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 the director to kind of jump 15 years or however many years it wasn't drop William defoe's 64 year, 66 year old body into this and to have them go through and, this and, moment was fantastic.
1: And make no mistake, listener, At sixteen, at sixty-six years old, Willem Dafoe gives Tom Holland the business. He kicks the (laughs) shit out of this Spider Boy, yeah, like throwing him through walls. He at one point hits him with a little like spine buster through a floor, like it was awesome. He kicks the absolute shit out of him, and it is one of my favorite fights in the entire MCU. That apartment fight is incredible. Yeah, yeah, and it and it leads into yeah this this scene that i'm sure is on chris's list as well yeah um the death of aunt may Mm -hmm. what a scene holy shit because you see aunt may right she's escaping with uh some of the stuff uh tom and willem just crash through they're in the lobby of this apartment building um and you see the glider pop up as aunt may has like a bat or something ready to like whack willem Dafoe. that glider comes in and just clears through her like i thought she was dead on impact
0: that's basically how he died that was how goblin died but i didn't even the first spider-man so that's i i told i'm on board with what you're saying yeah i totally agree i thought
1: tom was gonna wake up and she was just gonna be dead yeah. And when she got up, there was a part of me that was worried. See, listener, this is the point, okay? This was the turning point of the film for me, where I, I just, was like, yeah, I guess I kind of like this too. Holy fuck. This is incredible. Because again, like, this felt like, oh, she, she got full on just yeah. bodied by this glider. Yeah. And then she gets up, she's like, no, I'm okay. And I'm like, oh, boo, like... You're really gonna shrug it off like you're a normal person, Aunt May, and then she starts to stumble a little bit. Yeah, she's like, oh, I, ju- I just, I just, I just need to my catch breath. my breath. And he, like, he pulls his hand back, and it's bloody. I lost. Like, I was like, they're not gonna kill Aunt May. Yeah. Like, what did they? They killed Aunt May.
0: Yeah. And what how they did it was something that I hadn't seen done. I can't remember how. Usually, this kind, this type of death happens in a war film. I've seen enough yeah. war films. I'm sure you have too. Where the way that they pulled off, where, where they give you hope and they feed that hope. We're good. We're talking. Let's not forget. He goes to her. Yes, they're damaged. She's okay. They have a, a conversation for. I mean, a few minutes. Maybe not a long time, but a few minutes. And you know, like you said, let's get you out. of Let's go. And they get up and they start to move away. I'm like fuck. You're. I was. I was. I swear we had the same conscious that point. I'm like, you would really be cheating the audience if someone human can just get up and walk away from this. It didn't seem like it would be fair, or even logical, for that matter. And then she goes down. And she's like, oh, "I'm good. i just gonna catch my breath." Starts breathing heavy. She could still have a couple of broken ribs, whatever. And then, yeah, Pete sets her down, and then he touches her inside, and then, like, on a rib cage, she's you know real, real bloody. And so, you know, also before that, I think we have the moment, Eric, and, and we have talked about that. This where he says, you know, with with great power with great comes power. Great, responsibility. great responsibility. And I, my understanding is that's been reserved to Ben. Ben is Uncle holding ben. that, yep. right? And, and I want to bring this back to, to just real quick, but I want to go back to the scene. Um, I, I think I heard you and John say maybe in this world, she is Uncle Ben. Because in, in, at yeah. the end, we only see her grave, not his grave.
1: Right. So see, that was my thought. And this is, you know, we've, we talked about our, our half court predictions before, you know, here's a crazy wild, you know, from the logo. Uh, You know, I had this weird idea that I think could be interesting if played right. Like maybe Uncle Ben doesn't say this. Maybe, um, maybe Uncle Ben didn't die. Maybe Uncle Ben was they just split up. They got divorced and maybe Uncle Ben is now going to play the Aunt May role from the comics. If we do get that for the next, you know, however many Spider-Man films, I think it could be handled. Interestingly, giving us a brand new way to look at Uncle Ben. Mm -hmm. But having someone finally say the words with great power comes great responsibility for Tom Holland. Spidey was incredible. But please continue.
0: Okay, so so we get the moment where you know we we know she's going to die, and and the the only other thing that I can compare this to is when Tony died and when uh, Pepper was holding him at the end of Endgame. I I, I liked the the I, when I say I liked the Infinity War where where Pete was dying and Tony was holding him. Mm-hmm. That didn't affect me how it affected a lot of other people. I just I, I don't know why, but the the Pepper Tony interaction was, was pretty sad for me. I and this one was by far and away the saddest moment that i've had watching an mcu film and ever and i just think it's that because we've right because we've grown with this character and she means so much to me. and she's meant a lot in the film at this point too like yeah. it's not like she she came in for 15 minutes comes back and dies you know she was the one who brought them to happy's apartment she was the one who who, who told pete you can't you, if you stay if you help one person you help everybody yeah. like she was that person. So, in, in, you know, for her, this to happen to her basically in like the hour and a half mark of the film was like, Oh my God, you know, the stakes are real. It's big. It's, it's serious. And for me in that moment, I actually got really upset. Like I'm like, dude, this, um, That was that put me in a real emotional state. And to your point, and I'm glad we're talking about this now. The callback when you mentioned Tom Holland really cared this film, this was one of those moments. There's another one at the very end of the film. This was one of those moments where people will say that that dude is a movie star because of that moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I
0: thought that that was fantastic. That was this is my favorite part of the entire movie. So I I don't mean to sponge all that up, but I want to hear no, for sure. No, on that scene,
1: this scene was, um, You know, we've talked before about the idea of consequences. Mm -hmm. About, like, this film needed to be about consequences. And absolutely, that's what it is. Having, you know, the, I mean, the J.J. stuff go on at the same time. um, There was a sharp left turn that this film takes when Aunt May dies. And from Mm -hmm. there on, top-tier Spider-Man. From that scene on top-tier Spider-Man, this film, like you said, going from such a visceral fight into such an emotional scene like this, where we have been with Marissa Tomei's Aunt May, we've seen the highs, we've seen the lows, she has a very heavy presence in Tom Holland's life, and especially Mm -hmm. in this film as well. Um, To see it snuffed out and not even getting a, you know, a a proper goodbye because tom has to leave like they have the SWAT guys coming in happy's able to like delay them for a second he has to leave her body in the rubble of this apartment building so that he can get away um it's tragic and the scene that follows with him in the rain looking at the news coverage of this again top tier spider-man breaks your heart um but it was incredible and i i thought this was like Chris said, this is the point of the film where it's like, OK, shit is real now. This is going to be something else. This is going to be something special. Yeah. Um, and then on a lighter note, uh, <laughs> one of my other favorite scenes. Matt freaking Murdoch. Charlie yeah. Cox is back, y'all. Uh, we haven't <laughs> talked about it yet, but um, there's an incredible scene that. Uh, Fairly early on where they're like, oh, you got to get a good lawyer. And we see the cane and we hear Charlie Cox's daredevil. Matt Murdock sits at that goddamn table and oh boy, (laughs) does he look good. Oh boy, does he look good. Um, Just a great scene with him kind of talking about their legal options. Again, going over like this shit isn't going to help he held up in court circumstantial right. evidence you happy hogan however you might need to get a good lawyer and then a brick comes through the window and he catches it yeah looking away he catches,
0: he's not looking at the brick he's looking doesn't away.
1: even look catches yeah. the brick and they're like and he hands the brick to to, uh, to peter and peter's like how did you do that and he just goes i'm a very good lawyer
0: really good lawyer yeah. yeah i die, bro <laughs>
1: give me season four of daredevil right the fuck now yeah, on Disney um, Plus, no less. On you're Disney Plus, that,
0: you're gonna get that Disney budget now. I mean, mm-hmm. not you know, Netflix has money, but they don't have Disney money. They don't got so. Disney
1: money. So <laughs> i I am very excited to see the future of that character. Um, yeah. but yes, uh, any any more fu- favorite scene? I do.
0: Yeah, of course. And I don't want to rush this. I definitely want to take our time for this too. I think that um a, a favorite scene of mine is when uh Norman and peter are working together to solve octavius's issue i know yes. we talked about it where you know you believe in, as in, and as an this is where i really i go back to the to the acting and, and specifically the writing part of it too you really believe that norman osborne is there to help or he wants to get better when he goes to, to May, he he wants to get better he wants to know and when peter they're, they're they're in this lab and they're figuring it out through holographics and very iron man style um that you know that, that that octavius is being controlled by by um the tentacles and they fix it and norman looks at him and says hey kid if you ever want a job and you don't mind traveling to a different universe you know i got you and what a thought william right? defoe like, could
1: be charming as fuck when that's what i be.
0: mean right that, that's, that, and that's so he is in full charm in that moment and of course they're in the apartment. It's leading up to the scene that you had mentioned earlier, but right before the spiders. And that fell deaf on me. I didn't figure that out until after he, you know, he's walking through the house and they ask him, what's wrong? He's like, I don't know what's wrong, but something's wrong. And, uh, you know, William Defoe has got his back towards the camera and, you know, he hasn't turned yet, but his really sinister voice you hear kind of goblin has kind of been in control this. I don't know if it was the whole time, but But, I do know that. But up to like up
1: to this, like for a majority of the time, like immediately prior to this.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that part of that to me was just like, that was such a great scene because you, you, you want to like these dudes and that's, that's the catch, right? Because in my mind, I'm like, well, they're all bad guys. Why does it matter if you save them or not? Yeah. You might like them in this moment, but they're bad people. And then you start to peel the onion and you think that, well, they're not necessarily bad people. And that's what they did. Well, they made you empathize with your villain. And I think all of them could, had these redeeming qualities except for Goblin, who I believe was kind of playing them the whole time. That's kind of what I choose to believe, but I could be wrong. That's That was my take on, on what I saw. No, same. Um, and so, he, like you said, when you mentioned he's the big bad, then I 100% agree with you. But these other people... They had these redeemable qualities and then at the very end it turns out so does goblin but you know we have to kind of get to that point so i really enjoy the scene between willem defoe and, uh, and tom holland and, and you know i think they really they had chemistry they, they it felt like a very you know a, a fruitful relationship and hey I'm, I'm the master you're the mentor and we can make really good magic if we can kind of work together but you know in true villainous fashion, that's never gonna happen. So right. that that was a big one we that I wanted to touch on because I i enjoyed that scene a lot. You
1: know? Oh, for sure. Totally agree. Um and then uh you you just go ahead and talk about this next song because I know I know you've been chopping at the but to talk about
0: well those. for me it's the last it's the last part. Um, and so I hope that's what you're thinking about because when the the trick to fixing all this which i think is kind of i, I don't love it when when you know as 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 it, the will little starts to crack. yeah um also real quick did you see i think i saw a watcher in the very beginning did you see that no i think i because when we're watching what if and the watcher who's the guy holding the staff and the coat and the bald head he shows i'm I would bet money that he showed up, like, in the first part of it when the spell starts to shift and the world starts like, to, like, crack. I think you see him.
1: Oh, interesting. And, I'm going to have to look for that.
0: Yeah, I looked for him again at the very end when everything was kind of shattering, But I didn't see him then. only saw him the first time. But um, I feel that, that now.
1: Real quick, though, I just want to mention that, too, because, like, when the, like, world is breaking apart and we're getting all these other... Um, like, you know, people coming through, you get silhouettes of different Spidey villains. Oh, do you? I didn't know. Yeah, that. dude. Uh, John pointed out Scorpion. Uh, I saw Craven the Hunter, little, just like light silhouettes. And then a comics accurate Rhino. Uh, these guys are like, Come <laughs> I was like losing my fucking mind. And I'm sure there are others that I missed, and I'm going to have to go back and rewatch it. But, um, super fucking cool
0: that's cool getting i to love see that. that yeah um so so getting to, to the to the last scene is for me um and and just so that people don't it basically tom says well if we or pdp says if i can't make everybody forget this then maybe i can make everybody forget that i am spider-man right that that they don't know they, they don't know what peter parker is yeah
1: they don't know me I,
0: right and so all right everything settles we have our big battle that ends we'll we'll talk about that but... which real quick
1: also I'm yeah. I'm sorry I keep jumping in on No I love bit, it but, Dude, like, go for it percent. I am so happy that they did that Yeah John told me that he was he was broken and that's exactly what the film wants you to feel yeah. when that choice is made I'm so happy that they decided to do that because Again, talking about consequences, talking about things actually having stakes, things actually like meaning something. If they had just been like, no, we're just going to solve this. We're going to beat the villains. Uh, everyone knows Peter Parker, Spider-Man, and we're going to just going to Iron Man this shit right. all the way through. I, w- I was very worried that they were going to do that and that they were going to learn nothing, that Peter was going to be like, well, it's better that I don't have two lives and I'm just going to be Spider-Man and Peter Parker. Right. right. I was... And that's something that I was worried about at the beginning of the film. But for them to say, no, we are going to put the importance of a secret identity back into this. And not only that, we're going to make everyone from his supporting cast forget him. And those that do remember him are dead. Like incredibly brave choice. And I'm so happy they did that because it gives them a lot more narrative opportunities going forward. 100 percent like that opens up the ability for them and you don't want to rehash
0: something right we don't want to go over Agreed. we don't want to have to do something like that but although now we know that as it goes we know that ned and mj got into mit and mm-hmm. we know that peter is not going to mit we know he gets into some shitty apartment and he needs to start like welcome to adulthood kid suck so and don't be lent on don't be late on rent so rent. yeah yeah exactly so you know bring back have,
1: mr ditkovich bring that. him back
0: we have the opportunity to kind of see where he goes from there but for for me my second favorite scene in the entire movie uh, is when uh, he has to go and tell ned and and, and um and mj that you're not going to remember me like you this is what's going to happen and when him and zendaya have that moment and she like i don't know what it was when she started to cry when she's we try we'll try and figure it out and like there was that moment of pleading with something yeah. that you know is going to affect your life and in a few minutes it's basically i'm dead to you you're never gonna remember me and in that moment like if someone were to tell me you're never gonna remember like you know jessica or your brother and for you like if you took someone like that like for sammy or for or for your family it's like how do you compartmentalize it or deal with that in the span of a few minutes you know it's the 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 the, the red clock is ticking backwards at this point you know and How do you deal with that? And in that moment, the way she was performing it, and where they were living in it, it really affected me. It's like masterful, yeah, yeah. And for them to be so fucking young and talented, it's like, dude, that they that scene made me feel something. It made me emotional, you know. So. And it's just two people who are saying goodbye. It's just it's that to me is what 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 cinema is about, what film is about, what stories are about. And and that little vignette, I think it it supersedes it supersedes the MCU, it supersedes comic films, it it supersedes action flicks, you know, tentpole films. It's just you know a story about two people about that exactly. Well, and
1: and and like you know they they've had like for this you know, um, for this film trilogy, they've had their, like their big three of Pete, MJ and Ned. It's kind of been your people. And I would say I was just maybe not on the same level, but just as emotional about the Ned and Peter goodbye as well. They do their cool ass handshake handshake (laughs) and they just like, and Peter says, you know, I will find you guys. I'll find you. I'll find you. Um, and it's heartbreaking because there's a very real possibility that that is just not going to happen. And as soon as, you know, the clock strikes midnight, like that's it. And everyone just kind of wakes up having never known Peter Parker. Mm -hmm. Um, and it is genuinely like upsetting. Yeah. Uh, and that feeds into like the last like fucking 15 minutes of this film is like, top tier Spider-Man, right? Because yeah. he goes after after that, he goes to the coffee shop that MJ works at and he's like, he's got a whole script, he's got a paper, he's like, hi, you don't know me, but I mean, Peter Parker, we saved the world together, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And he gets there and he sees that MJ and Ned got into MIT and he sees that their lives are on a macro level might be better off without him.
0: Right.
1: He decides not to uh not to try and reconnect with them, which I loved because it gets at the core of Spider-Man storytelling which is even when Spider-Man wins Peter Parker loses. That is such a core tenet of Spider-Man storytelling from the comics, from movies, from cartoons, um, video games. Even when Spider-Man wins, Peter Parker loses. And the fact that he realizes that they will not only be kept safe, that they their lives will not have to be caught up in this responsibility that he now <laughs> finds himself caught up in. Um, it was It was the most Peter Parker choice he could have made and yeah. i i loved it it was heartbreaking but i loved it
0: right and that's uh, the in the second half of this movie is filled with moments like that yeah you know, we
1: talked about you know how
0: how we lose Aunt may and then you know uh, the two you know ned and and um and mj are with the two other spider man and they're like well where would he normally go for me it was here for me it was there and you knew what it was eric i heard you say something or i heard you like oh you know you you knew where it was at and they go find him. And he's on. I think he's on top of the school. Yeah, because he and he mentions uh,
1: earlier in the film, he's like, "Can we just stay up here forever?"
0: Yeah, that's after. That's right because everybody was looking for him in there. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. And uh, and at the, in that moment, you know, the other two Spidermen tell him that they can kind of see that turn in him, and especially Andrew Garfield Spiderman, who was who looks probably pretty fresh in it, right? He looks like he's yeah, still- he is.
1: Ha- he's he's rocking like the five o'clock shadow. He's yeah. he's rough. He's having a rough time.
0: Yeah. And, and so, you know, and, and there's that moment where they say, you, you, I, and, and this is where Toby really, this is where Toby's Spider Man really kind of, I think, nailed it. And he says, you know, I, I could have done something really bad and, and I see it in you and I don't want you to do that. And we have that in the last fight, which I'd like you to talk about because I'm sure you can articulate it better than I could. But Toby's Spider Man, well again he's not tom holland this tom holland's a star and andrew garfield for me was my our part yeah so toby even though he was the first one really i mean it wasn't it was cool they had him but it wasn't great until the the moment when it was great and i think right. that moment came um towards the towards the end of the film after the the goblin fight and you know
1: well and they that that statue of liberty fight is just incredible um yeah really well done does a great job of balancing all of the spinning plates that are going on three Spider-Man, five or four villains because at that point uh doc ock had been cured um we get also just a great moment between alfred molina and toby Maguire, Mm -hmm. where he's just like oh you you're all grown up like it's good to see you like oh my god the fields um but You know, we get all of the all of the villains cured. We get this great, you know, back and forth between all of the all the Spider-Men, you know, doing their thing. And then Goblin shows up. Um, He starts just wrecking shop. We get closure for Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. Tell him. Tell him.
0: this is Andrew. This is uh,
1: Eric's half point shot that if you
0: we got the receipts, this guy has the receipts. And- Just
1: call me Steph Curry because yeah. that thing was <laughs> nothing but net.
0: Well, um, yeah, it was good, man. It was. Tell him, tell him, what was what was your what was your half court
1: shot from last episode, in case you weren't aware or you forgot, um, was that in the scene we've seen it multiple times in the trailer zendaya zendaya basically falling off of the uh the scaffolding at the statue of liberty and falling to her death um tom's spider-man trying to catch her and i said i said that Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man was gonna save her because it made too much sense to me for it not to be. This is actually longer
0: than that. You said that after we saw the trailer. So this was this goes back weeks. Oh, so yeah. yeah. You were uh, and he did, and I hate him for it, but he was right. <laughs> and I'm like, Because it. you
1: know, Tom Spidey goes to jump after her, he gets hit at the last moment by the glider, and Zendaya's falling, falling, falling andrew's spider-man jumps in just goes in hits catches her he's learned at this point he's learned how to deal with the situation catches her saves her they touch ground and he breaks down yeah he's emotional
0: at that point yeah 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 yeah
1: that was he breaks down because he finally gets closure on the greatest tragedy of his life yeah similarly toby mcguire spider-man gets closure because tom Holland's spider-man makes it very clear he wants to kill green goblin for killing aunt may and we get another great brawl between the two of them uh on the inside of this captain america shield that was built for the statue of liberty love that shit <laughs> um the two of them are battling uh but Tom Spidey, he's too strong and he is filled with teenage rage, which is one of the most dangerous powers in the universe. (laughs) Um, And he picks up the glider to basically impale this on Goblin's body. Who stops him? Toby's Spider-Man does. Solving two things. One, he gets closure on the fact that he inadvertently caused Norman's death in the right. first movie by jumping out of the way. He stops him from getting impaled by the glider again. And two, he cures Norman of the goblin disease. He mentions in the lab scene that he's been thinking about it for years on how he would have cured Norman instead of killing him.
0: Oh, I missed that. Oh, he shit.
1: mentions it. And that's okay. what kind of kicks off the whole idea of curing everybody. And so he gets closure because he's able to cure Norman. So we get closure for both of yeah. these Spider-Men. Poetic justice. Absolutely right. loved it. But we also see Toby catch this glider. Tom is full force pushing on this. Toby does not move a fucking inch. That's
0: old man strength. That is old old man man strength.
1: (laughs) Chris knows all about that old man strength. That's
0: true. That's true.
1: (laughs) If he and John Noble ever had an arm wrestling contest, Chris wins no contest. Old man strength forever. Um, But yeah, it was incredible to see just the two of them, you know, have this moment where he says, that's not what we do. We save people. We don't kill people. We save people. Mm-hmm. And so they cure him, they send everybody off, and then we get the you know the conclusion. Um which leads into my my final favorite part of the film. Um the final the final swing. The final five the final five, ten minutes of this film is perfect to me. Um we see uh Peter at May's gravesite at her tombstone in the cemetery. Happy walks up. They do. He does not remember Peter. And this conversation gives Peter the strength to keep going. And so we see him move into this rundown apartment. I don't know if you caught it, but when he sets down his box, there's a how to get your GED in there because he can't graduate high school now um he's in this rundown reeking apartment um it's christmas time the snow's going we see him sewing his own suit and this boy rocks out with <laughs> this incredible classic spider-man suit everything i could have wanted, and we got a final swing i have to talk about the final swing because that was something that was so important in every single rainy spider-man film and in the first uh In the first web Spider-Man film, um, getting that final swing can either be triumphant, it can be mournful, but it is so important for those films to end off saying he goes back to work and he continues to save the city because that's what heroes do. And even if he is going through tragedy, he's got you. And that was what this was. The snow going, him swinging through the city. He's got like a little rinky dink police scanner now because he doesn't have the tech. He is bare bones. He's back to basics. He is just doing the superheroing without any of the handicaps, without any any of the crutches. And he goes off to be Spider-Man again. Ah. Perfect Spider Man. <laughs> yeah. Ten out of ten.
0: Well, that's why I think that's so interesting to see if we could pick it up in a couple of years. Let's yeah. let it let's let it marinate and then cause you can go anywhere. Like you really could, uh, with the way that movie ended and the trajectory of the storytelling where they wanted to take that character, they, they could take it anywhere. So, yeah, yeah, it, it was great. Like I, and I, know that you and John were uh, uh, audibly gasping when you saw the suit. To me, it was interesting. I, I didn't obviously you had more connotation than I did, but um, but yeah, it was it, it, it was just, inspiring. It was just know? a
1: classic comic book suit. And what you realize after watching this film is that. This was the origin of Tom Holland's Spider-Man. It took 3 films to tell the <laughs> origin of Tom Holland's Spider-Man because now he's the Spider-Man that we all know and love. He is yeah. the classic Spider-Man, red and blue colors, he's got the he's poor again, which yeah. I can't understate how important it is for Peter Parker to be poor. Um it's just it's you know, this has been a, an arc, a three-act arc for, Spy- for Tom Holland's Peter Parker to become Spider-Man, and he yeah. is now officially Spider-Man, and I love that shit
0: yeah yeah and you had mentioned multiple times before that you know tony had such an influence on him and now you see him get rid of you know the the, the, the suit that tony gave him in to, yeah. to make his own and he really he sews his own suit you see the tight you see the um the sewing machine the old school sewing machine yeah it's like you know he he is he's his own thing now and you so- gotta
1: believe he took a lot of those cues from seeing toby and Garfield and andrew suits being like okay i liked that i liked that let's make this little homemade suit so freaking cool Um, i um,
0: i thought that when you that moment for happy you 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 talked about he was gonna say do i know you from somewhere i'm so glad they didn't do that i'm so glad it would have been really easy do i know you from somewhere and pika no we don't know you know what i mean they could have done that i'm so glad they didn't because it really solidifies that the choice, like you so eloquently like said, has consequences. This is for real. you know, at not going to pop back out. Like people have forgotten about you and that's sticking. So I thought that was, that was real ballsy of them. I, I really think yeah. that. So, so Agreed. it'll be, it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. And I mean, with the amount of money that's making, it's, it's hard to imagine that they don't at least ponder the idea of popping out one in the next year
1: and a half which brings us to chris's <laughs> number <quarter>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: bro uh the <laughs> tell me Ohio. how much
1: fucking money this movie so made i, I, holy I have shit. been trying
0: to find a budget for it because i like to have a baseline. i like to know how right. much things cost before you can celebrate how much you know the the on investment like to me that's a big deal but it's just, it's astronomical. So on the Thursday that me and you went to go see it, the day it was released, it made, I'll, I'll tell you right now, actually it, on Thursday, it made, well, I take that back. Friday and Thursday, because that's the number are combined, it made $121 million. It made 73 million on Saturday. It made seven, I'm, I'm sorry, it made 57 million on Sunday. So right now, and again, the numbers are still coming in, right? This is just uh, a solid estimation. <laughs> right now, people are saying it's going to open with 250 million, 253 million in sales just this weekend. Two and just
1: domestic.
0: That's enough. Well, it, it is over. Yeah, that's, that's domestic. So overall, it's something like right around here we go. We're at 587 million globally right now. But to be considered, it hasn't been released in China yet. And that's where the, that's where the majority yeah. of money will come from for this film. And so to put it in perspective, because the, they're just numbers in the ether. We haven't compared it to anything. They sound big, they're fucking huge. They are big. It is the third highest gross opening domestic of all time. It is behind Infinity War, which opened at 257. So it's 10 million away from that. Um, oh, I take that back, I'm sorry. It's 4 million away from that four million away from infinity wars weekend hall and Endgame, which is the number one uh domestic is 357 it's 100 it's it's Makes 100 sense. million short of Endgame, yeah. which is still incredible if you think about it huge yeah it, All huge. The, yeah, it, it just see it it seems it doesn't seem fathomable that a film could make 357 million dollars in one weekend i mean that would have to it it, it doesn't make any sense but spider-man it, it now holds the record for the third highest domestic opening of all time yeah 253 million dollars well then and um, just
1: and just looking at the i mean i'm basing this off of the wikipedia page that i'm looking yeah. at right now It uh, looked like the budget was just 200 million
0: yeah that's one of the numbers like I an had estimate seen too, yeah which I, that makes sense you know it, it, it makes sense and, and if you're cracking your budget on domestic Dude. alone you're good you're gonna make you know so yeah so yeah so it'll be interesting man like and so we talk about numbers we talk obviously it's the highest question spider-man film of all time now um people love tom holland as spider-man people love zendaya as mj um it's like if you take those two characters and you put them in another spider-man film i I, I think people will line up to see that, and you know, you it's it's kind of how when Art when Robert Downey Jr. was playing Iron Man, people would go see that no matter. People would see Iron Man films, and if he's playing Iron Man, people will line up in droves to see an Iron Man film. And same thing with Chris Evans. Can you imagine if we got an announcement saying Chris Evans is going to return for Captain America Five? Like oh. exactly. So for him to be so young. And for this to be so popular and be so financially uh great it, yeah. it's hard for me to imagine that they don't pump out another one for the next two years which I' again I'm not excited about but man it was it's wild dude like the amount of money this movie's making and for their stars to be so young it's just it's crazy it's, yeah dude it's
1: just just this weekend haul for like worldwide being half a bill yeah. already like. It's crazy, yeah. It, 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 this movie is easily making a billion dollars. Like, oh yeah, no question.
0: Yeah. And you know, it opens, and it's funny. And I don't want to take this away from from this movie, but it does raise a few questions because Guillermo del, Guillermo del Toro's new film opened up this weekend too, and it made one percent, one percent, not a million. One, it made one percent of what Spider Man made, <sighs> and so it opens the door. It's like, well, does that mean that? these type of films there's not a market for them anymore and you know is 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 our you know because we talked about the pandemic and it's it's no secret that that has affected businesses but did it really if people if if we're talking about variants and we're talking about numbers going up right but spider-man was able to pull out 253 million so
1: yeah i saw something on it was like on twitter about like hey you guys know that steven spielberg Ridley Scott, Edgar Wright, all released Mm -hmm. films this year. Yeah, true. And it's like, they're not going to make anywhere near the same amount of money,
0: which I get.
1: Like, these are blockbusters. These are tentpole films. And it does raise a pretty important, you know, point about what's happening to the rest of, you know, or the rest of the film market. Are we only going to see like tentpole films and micro-budget films going forward? Um, yeah, It's it's a conversation to have.
0: Interesting sure. argument. I agree. And I, let me ask you this. This is something that we've talked about and I, I wonder if obviously this helped. If, say for instance, this was really helped out by people believing that that uh, that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield were going to be in this, right? Mm-hmm. Like people, Even though you didn't maybe know it, you kind of knew it in a roundabout way. Mm-hmm. Do you think that How much do you think that helped this film?
1: I think it helped immensely. I think um, genuinely, you know, if it had been, you know, that original idea that we talked about earlier about it just being like a Craven the Hunter film, hunting him down, I don't think it would have made as much money. Um, Not saying that it wouldn't have made money because people are always going to turn out to see Spider-Man. I, it would have been a Craven the Hunter movie, so I would have been there opening (laughs) day anyway. (laughs) Uh, But like seeing a seeing a film like that uh versus a film where it's like spider-verse bringing back all the spider-men and all the villains um definitely up to this for sure i i it probably would have done maybe the same numbers as like eternals or shang chi um Mm -hmm. which no disrespect to either of them uh shang chi did really good numbers for what people were expecting of it um so I think it probably would have been around that but having the extra Spider-Men around definitely helped to bolster it for sure.
0: So then let me follow that cuz I feel the same way. Let me follow that answer up with another question. Do you think that will put an unrealistic expectation let's say on Spider-Man 4?
1: Absolutely. No question. To
0: make a billion dollars.
1: No question. Um I yeah. think it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what cuz I think people will still turn out Um, it might be a situation with an Iron Man three where it's like, that was the first movie to come out after Avengers. And it was nowhere near going to be the same kind of like big bombastic story. But that movie made a billion dollars. Yeah. So like, is it the same situation? Is it a different situation? Like we don't know. And that's going to come down largely to what that film is going to be what it's going to be centered around, because now that we've got the multiverse, we already have Spider-Verse movies. If you're looking for a Spider-Verse movie, you've got a market for it. We're getting the second one next year. um. So it's it's unclear, I think, exactly what the direction would be. We talked about, you know, we kicked around some ideas about, you know, having a college trilogy, having, you know, other specific villains that haven't shown up yet. Um, give me a nothing can stop the Juggernaut movie. Just do it. It would be incredible, um, but I I think it is going to be a hard sell for sure with how big this film was. See, and let me, so
0: we're speaking language, and I just want to veer for just a quick second and kind of do some forecasting, and so my thought on the matter is that I think that we've found, because they've spent, they being the MCU, have spent so much time laying groundwork that I think we're going to see a lot of, uh, air quote, team-up films coming out because oh, of the sure. revenue. Because uh, the new Thor film has the Guardians of the Galaxy. Or yeah. parts, you know, they've got some cameos now with it. I believe that we saw a trailer for, not this, again, Sport no was, the sequel to Doctor Strange, which yeah. now we have Wanda in that, clearly. Wanda's going to be in that, yep. Yeah, so at this point, we're talking about some of the things where we're going to see some, some team-ups. And I think when you have that dynamic, this this is gonna be the result. A billion dollar film. So but because the MCU has such a large library of people, I mean, we have Absolutely. About, you know, well, well and
1: this was the this was the idea coming out of Avengers. Out of the very first Avengers movie that had everybody, you know, set up, everybody was like, okay, phase two is gonna be all team ups. You know, mm-hmm. phase two is now gonna be like all of these characters are now operating the same space. Of course they're gonna show up. Right. And it makes sense from a comic book standpoint too, because like the amount of co- of other characters that cameo and other characters books in comics, for those of you who don't read them, um, is ridiculous <laughs> on a on a, you know, book to book basis on a month to month basis. The amount of cameos that other superheroes make in specific superhero books is all over the place. So, like, I'm surprised that we're not already at that point where it's like they're all team up movies. They're all buddy cop films. Um you know, the last, the last couple of uh, phases have been kind of like peppered in with that, you know, having uh, Steve and Natasha team up in winter soldier, having uh, Thor and Hulk and Thor Ragnarok, like being a couple examples. True. Um, True. But that's definitely, I think you're absolutely right. That is going to be the trend going forward.
0: And I think that's going to be a billion dollar formula going forward too. I just, I have that, just that, that, that vibe where um, I think that's where it's going to go. I think that's where, the spider-man story goes i think that some point when he comes back whenever that is it'll be in some type of you don't want to say he's he's you know a a b character in that film but i do think that he might be a supporting character to somebody bigger in that and then a transition to it but but
1: i mean it's possible we really we don't know especially not knowing what direction the you know the spider-man uh, franchise is going to be going in following this. We don't have a clear roadmap, so we don't know what's going to happen. He might pop up in another, I think the deal is supposed to be another Avengers movie. Uh, um, Oh really? Or another MCU film, something. And then like, that's when the current deal expires or, you know, that's when there, it's time to renegotiate.
0: Renegotiate. But,
1: yeah. um, who knows? We don't know exactly what's going to come out of this, but we do know that no awards have been given to <laughs> Spider-Man. No way home. Yet, but they will. I'm sure it's going to get a bunch of stuff. But the the future of the Spider-Man franchise is in flux right now, which is kind of exciting. And I think that's something that they definitely took into account with the ending of this film. Having everyone's memory wiped of Spider-Man could very easily lead into, oh, now Spider-Man is part of the Venomverse. Or whatever. I'm still... uh,
0: yeah, I was going to ask you about that. So the post credit, because we obviously yeah. Venom exists in that world, right? Or I'm so, sorry, well he zapped in, but there's a, this, the piece of symbiote gets left, right?
1: Yeah. So um, for those of you who didn't, for those of you who didn't put yourself through watching Venom, let there be carnage. Um, <laughs> the post credit scene for that film was Eddie Brock and the Venom symbiote getting pulled Spider Verse style into the MCU. And the mid credit scene for this film is them just kind of like hearing about everything that's happened from Danny Rojas, from Ted Lasso, uh, who, is, <laughs> who played the bartender. Um, and then they get zapped back, which was fun. I guess it was a funny little lead in. But like you said, a little bit of the symbiote gets left behind. So you could probably expect in the next uh, trilogy, if that does happen, that the symbiote saga will happen. Whether that means we get a new Venom, whether that means, um, you know, who knows? I think that there is a lot of narrative potential in the fact that we still haven't seen Mac Gargan from mm-hmm. the uh, from Homecoming, who is supposed to be the Scorpion. For those of you who aren't aware, there was a uh, pretty lengthy time when uh, Matt Gargan was Venom. So if they want oh. to have their cake and eat it too, have a Venom, you know, franchise with Tom Hardy, but still be able to do the symbiote drama into a Venom storyline for Tom Spider-Man, they've got a perfectly good Matt Gargan waiting to get revenge on Spider-Man.
0: Interesting. I did not know that. That's cool.
1: Yeah. That's nice. I th- I th- there's there's a lot of directions that can go, but I think it would v- be very interesting to see a Tom Holland symbiote story. Huh. Man, that's good.
0: Stuff. And I'd love to see uh, a Gwen State, uh, uh, Timothy Chalamet. They're talking about, well, obviously, he's in Harry, and- Osborne,
1: yeah. Harry Osborne. Yeah. Harry
0: Osborne. Yeah.
1: That would be interesting. The-
0: they did say that there is no Oscorp in
1: yeah. Tom Holland's MCU. But does that mean there's no Norman Osborn? There, exactly. We, we could have, you know, it's Friday Night 4. Somebody pops up, fucking Matthew McConaughey, walks up and is like, hi, I'm Norman Osborn. And yeah. you get that <laughs> moment where Tom's eyes go wide because he remembers everything. And you get the Kill Bill sirens going yeah. off.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, it would be interesting. It would be interesting to have that. And I think that's definitely something that I could that they can play with. But yeah. Um, yeah. as we are wrapping up here, we are heading towards the end of this. Uh, do you have any final thoughts on the film? Any scenes that we didn't talk about or any characters we didn't talk about? And what would you give this film out sure. of 10? Man,
0: that's a lot. Um, you know, I I I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than I thought it would. And I enjoyed it more because it had stakes to it. And you and I have talked at odds about how i thought civil war is my favorite because of you empathize with the bad guy uh zemo is, is someone you can kind of empathize with and also the stakes are real tony's is fighting cap because you know the uh, fucking a soldier killed his parents you get it you get the motivations right so in this case i kind of feel the same way i feel like you can empathize with your bad guys i love the conversation that uh that max has and you know where he's talking about if i'm a guy why do i give these powers back and and at the very end when andrew garfield and max are talking you know we had the, the he says max you're right you know you, i wanted you to be okay and and he, and he feels for the dude like he he genuinely cares for him and and i just think that these scenes with with the villains are just so well done and you worry about that because these 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 villains are accomplished actors they're not just you know, they're not just that they picked up to be extras they're really a talented people and so they've carried films in many many careers so you know you worry about them being slided on screen time and i just didn't see that at all i was so they what they did for them was so good they all had like their their, their moment in time and i think they did that super well i think the May scene is my favorite scene maybe in all the mcu films um i think that it was wow. just it was so strong and they just they they teased you with her being injured but okay you believe it because you feel like i know i do i feel like well they're not really going to kill it. like you i mentioned that are really going to kill at may and it just doesn't seem like they're that character and for them to actually go through with it, it took a lot of balls and i didn't see it really coming so the emotional shock value and gravity that it resonated on me with was was immense and i just thought that was a great choice on their part I enjoyed it much more than I thought it would. I'm going to say that I am glad I got to stay with you and John. That's one of those things that I'll never forget. I think yeah. that it's those moments that you'll, you remember where you're at when, you know, this movie made a billion and a half dollars or however much it's going to making my obligatory score I, real quick. I, I think in a, in the three of us talked about this as we're leaving my favorite part other than the and the yeah, amazing is with the three Spider-Man. like you said, give me 20 minutes more of that. And I mean, with how good it was, and I'm sure everybody they ask, it's gonna, they're going to say it, it was perfect. There, there might be some way to kind of get those three together again, maybe. But I got to think that they're going to at least explore that option because of how entertaining that part of it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but my my score, you know, it's hard for me to give anything a, a ten, so I'm I'm going to give it a nine. I, I was asked yesterday, in fact, by by Jim, um, who's been in a couple of my films. You know, Jim. Shout out to and Jim. He, yeah. And he said, isn't it awesome? I said, it's really good, but it's, you know, isn't it amazing? i said, no, it's not really amazing. For me, when I think of amazing, I think, and this isn't a slight towards this one. I thought, if you ask me what I thought of a, of arrival, I think it's arrival is amazing. Mm. I think gravity is amazing. I think um Birdman is amazing. I think movies that can move you in a serious way are amazing. And this movie moved me like those movies did. It's just this was this was, you know. For me, it's a solid nine out of ten. And, and I think, you know, we had said that maybe I and mean, maybe I had I had I want to say I misspoke. I think you do need to see the other ones to leading it up to this because the Aunt May death, you have to feel it when he first meets, when when Peter, I'm sorry, when Tony is first at Peter's house and him and Aunt May are on the couch. He's like, I oh, mean, it's a hot, hot answer. You know, so she does have a through line through through that. And I think that to see her die, it was um. It was rough, you know, yeah. and it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And so for me, it's, it's, it's a hard 10. Like, I mean, no, I'm sorry. It's, it's a hard nine. It's, it's as good as it can get before it gets into where you talk about like there's, there's movies and then there's films, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think to me, this is still a movie, but it's one of the best movies that I have ever. Seen. Well, that I've seen in a long time, I would say.
1: So, yeah, yeah. it's, it, it's, you, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, <laughs> all of those all those points are absolutely valid and i definitely agree um you can see this movie without seeing all of the other ones all of the prior ones um i hope if you're listening to this you've been watching along with us as we go from film to film episode to episode um but i felt such an appreciation for everything that this film was going for having watched those films mm. And getting the opportunity to experience it with you guys was incredible. Um, It's going to be something I'm going to keep with me for a very long time. Um, And I can now definitively say that I love Tom Holland's Spider-Man. You know, Mm -hmm. I really adored his first outing. I thought Homecoming is an easy, easy, just really solid Spider-Man film. We universally all three of us bagged on far from home yeah. as that sophomore outing. But this film brings it all around. This film is, like I said, a long form origin story for Peter Parker's, for Tom Holland's Peter Parker. And, you know, this MCU version of Spider-Man, um, The returning guests were incredible. I loved that uh, Toby and Andrew weren't just brought in as nostalgia bait to pop in for two seconds and then pop back out. They were actual supporting players throughout the film. Um, I can't, again, I really did not like the first quarter of this film because I thought it was going to go one way. But that being said, it zigged when I thought it was going to zag. And (laughs) I have to give it credit for that for lulling me into thinking we were going to get more far from home. When in fact they gave us no way home. Yeah. Um, and the journey that I went on emotionally watching <laughs> it through that lens of being like, fuck, I'm not, I'm not going to like this film. I've waited for this and I'm not going to like this film to the end of this film being one of the greatest endings of any MCU film I've ever seen. Um, it's just, it's an incredible viewing experience. I wish that I could erase all of my thoughts so I could watch it for the first time again. That's how much I liked Mm -hmm. it. Um, It is very hard to give 10 out of 10s unless you're into the Spider-Verse. But (laughs) this film, just like Chris said, easy 9 out of 10 for me. Easy 9 out of 10. No contest. Anything, for me, anything below that would be an insult to the film. With how big it swings and... Maybe it doesn't deliver on literally everything, but every big swing it takes, you feel. Every single punch, every single emotional moment resonates. The actors are on their A-game here. Like I said, there's not a flat performance in the entire film. Even the stuff I didn't like had stuff that were redeeming qualities about it. Um, Easy 9 out of 10 for me. I cannot recommend this film enough and when we get to our next episode uh later on down the line when we rank these films it is going to rank fairly high i can just give (laughs) a a conviction there so um that is gonna do it for spy december yeah um no way home this whole journey has been a blast um aj kincaid in the in the style of the MCU, AJ Kincaid will return when yeah. we go for our uh, our big wrap up as we rank all of the Spider Man films, give a little uh, post game about the whole series, and yeah. So um, for Spidey for Geek Explained, tune into that. It it will be coming soon i promise if not by the end of the month and by the beginning of the year uh christmas time is crazy and everybody is rightfully taking time to spend with family we've had our time with spider-man now it's time to Hold our Aunt May's and Uncle Ben's close. 100%. So,
0: um,
1: hope you folks have enjoyed Spidey Summer. We've had a ton of fun putting it together for you. So much fun. Yeah. Um, can't wait for the next one. Whatever we do next, fast and furious. <laughs> I don't know. Did you hear that? That was weird. No, no, um, we heard it. <laughs> uh, but anyway, whatever that episode comes, you will be sure that we're going to have a great time with the Spidey Summer crew. Thank you for being with us. Uh, I have been Eric Azana. Chris Carter. And we will see you next time. Happy spidey December, everybody.